0: There and welcome back to Save Lives, Enjoy Your Own, the podcast and the story behind the eponymous book called Save Lives, Enjoy Your Own: Finding Your Place in Medicine. I've uh, I've been your host, Barbara Hamilton. I'm the author of the book as well, and I've been on a bit of a hiatus as I orchestrated the first ever retreat for women in male-dominated fields, and we uh, put that together in October. And that took place the 24th through the 28th. And it was a great success. So after that, I've been able to bask in the glow of the experience and just let it sink in. And it has been an amazing experience to bring this brainchild that I cared for for a year before it became a reality. So I really hope that that experience lives on in the memory of the attendees for many years to come. It was an amazing group of people who were able to join me here in Palm Springs. If you are interested in hearing about um, one of the topics that we discussed as an example of what happened at the retreat and what what I mean when I say mastermind, it truly was a mastermind, um, you can head to the blog at TiredSuperHeroine.com forward slash blog and you can scroll down and browse through some of the recent and archived posts there. And when you scroll down, you'll see an article which is entitled Weighed Down, A Tangible Way to Support Diversity, Equity and Inclusion. And so this blog post was the result of sharing experiences at the retreat and sharing ideas and doing that in person was so valuable. And this particular example may actually become a national or a multi-center, like a multi-hospital quality improvement project to allow more people to feel welcomed in fields like interventional radiology. As a side note, I'm outside, so there's a little bit of a breeze happening and some uh, wind rustling through the branches, so I hope it's not too distracting. Um, I'm outside because my little boy is taking a nap, so he just turned four years old and um, he's still... I'm thankful he's still napping so this is my time to podcast right here. So this episode that I'll be sharing today is about leadership and I share in the book how I stumbled into leadership and how I continue to stumble through leadership. So, In some ways I'm a good leader, even a natural born leader. I, I guess I am and in other ways I'm a work in progress when it comes to leadership so Through this chapter, I wanted to demystify the concept of leadership in medicine a bit. And I'm sure this applies to the STEM fields as well. So one of the reasons I wanted to demystify leadership um, in those contexts is because we often just see men in positions of leadership in these fields and that affects what we envision as possible for ourselves. And the other reason I felt compelled to share this chapter is because I think the world needs more female leadership in general. And I think when that happens, everybody is going to benefit. So with that, I will read an excerpt, which starts, this starts on page 109. And this is from chapter eight, your specialty needs leaders. Once you've settled into your chosen field, you might consider leading it your practice, your hospital, and your community need leaders like you to step forward. And even if you don't see yourself as a leader, you are. As a physician, you will be the de facto leader of a medical team. Whether you take on the challenges that exist beyond your individual scope of practice is a choice. The degree to which you incorporate leadership in the context of your career will be totally up to you. Motivated to lead. Dr. Laura Findice, past president of the Society of Interventional Radiology, is also a prominent leader at her own institution as a professor of radiology and surgery at the Emory University School of Medicine. But she never considered herself to have leadership potential in so many words. Quote, early on, I didn't think a lot about leading people, but more about fixing problems that I saw in the system. I needed to learn that the people part was critical to achieving success. I didn't aspire to leadership positions as much as I wanted to position myself to have influence over processes. There are so many dysfunctions in healthcare delivery systems that lend themselves to incremental improvement. I love that take. If one is willing willing to take on these challenges, there is a natural progression towards ending up in a leadership position. In this way, growing into leadership is an extension of a passion for improvement. Better delivery of patient care has always been a real focus of my energy, and that focus has led the way. It's clear to see why she has risen into leadership at a competitive academic center. Early in my career, I've likewise felt the drive to improve patient care, albeit in a different setting. In private practice in a small desert community, I've been asked to lead from an early point in my career, sometimes when a leadership void presented itself. In my first job out of training, the physician leading our section was drawn to work in another county where he could be closer to his family. As a result, I was left to manage the service at a sizable medical center, largely on my own. During that time, I worked to build my reputation and further develop the service lines that he had established. That's why when the time came to hand off section leadership, I became the obvious choice. I became chief of interventional radiology, fresh off maternity leave, no less. Falling into leadership. Later when the vice chair of our radiology department left the practice, a leadership void presented again and I stepped into that role. Sometimes if you're in the right place at the right time, you'll be asked to lead. And if you're like me, sometimes you'll feel out of your depth If you're sort of quote green like I was, you may not even know what a particular role entails. It's okay to ask questions about the responsibilities of a post and the time commitment involved. When I've taken a new leadership role, I've had a low threshold to call on more experienced colleagues for advice when I need to. These positions don't don't tend to come with an instruction manual, so I've learned by doing them and you can too but wait you may protest i am quote uh actually this is bulleted i'm too junior just a few years out of training or afraid the staff or partners or administrators won't listen to me i also faced these concerns as i took the helm there's a learning curve to leading at any level just as there is in the practice of medicine if you can learn to perform an angiogram or remove a gallbladder I'm pretty confident that you can learn nearly anything. And learning to lead is no exception. So what does leading in medicine mean? As a physician, leading is inherent to the work you perform daily. This kind of work involves constant communication and fielding patient-related and non-patient-related challenges every day. The foundation of my leadership skill lies in leading by example. I do this by maintaining a high standard for myself and others. When you consistently act in the best interest of the patient, you'll build a solid reputation. As you produce consistent quality work, everyone in the hospital will come to know it. This is powerful. As a budding leader, aim to learn about your environment before trying to change it. When my practice hired a new physician, he was eager to change a number of processes without taking the time to familiarize himself with the way things were currently done. Hasty changes can be disruptive or even harmful if they are undertaken without a baseline understanding of the systems and processes in place. And don't worry if you make mistakes along the way. You don't have to be perfect to be a leader. I'm proof of that. This chapter includes the following self-reflection questions at the end. So think about your own answer, and consider jotting your answers down. You can have a little brainstorming session. Do you see yourself as a leader? Why or why not? If I had to guess, I'm guessing that some of you don't see yourself as leadership material, though you're among the br- the best and the brightest. And I know there are multiple factors involved. Some of it is what they're calling imposter syndrome these days. Um, but another, another factor is that Entering medicine can kind of beat on your confidence a little bit, it can batter it down a little bit. So I wonder if those could be factors. Um, As I entered a male-dominated field, I can tell you that I was not seen as a leader for several years prior to landing in private practice where I now serve in several leadership roles. So even if during training, if you're passed over for chief resident or something like that, don't despair. Okay, you may just not have found the right place for you to lead or serve just yet. Okay, another uh, question leads into considering some action steps that you could take to gain or improve leadership skills. So these would be things like volunteering for a committee that interests you. Um, It may be one that you don't feel like you know a lot about, but maybe it just piques your interest. So I would encourage you to dive right in. You don't need to know everything before you get started. Another thing that can help develop leadership skill is mentoring a fellow student or someone on the path behind you. So brainstorm some ways that you might like to sharpen your axe when it comes to developing the skills that a leader needs. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday season with those who matter to you. Until next time, be well and don't forget to enjoy your own.